Hello and welcome to Hardy Party of Five and a Half. What's up? Rebecca, are you ready to talk comedy? Sure. Are you ready to talk TV? Are you ready to talk music? Are you ready to talk Marvel Universe? <laughs> I'm ready for all those things. <laughs> you're ready for everything. You're ready for anything. Yes. I'm That's ready. what we're going to learn today on the podcast. You have be, to be ready. ready. Be ready anytime. anytime. You never know what's going to happen. Be available. Okay. So my first question to you today is, what's like your favorite comedy on TV right now? Oh, like right TV now, show. Currently? Yeah. I mean, if you're going old school, I would say I watch Three's Company a lot. Three's Company? I love Three's Company. Oh, man. You wouldn't have said Three's Company? I don't think I would have said Three's Company. Were you a child of the 70s? I totally watched it. But I don't, I, when you go back, have you looked at it lately? It doesn't, it doesn't age well. (laughs) There's a lot of shows that don't age well. That's true. Okay. So currently though, listen, I love me some Abbott Elementary. Oh, you like Abbott Elementary? (laughs) (laughs) Think about it without laughing. There are some characters on the principal. I want to be her. I think Ava, she's so funny. So unfit to be. I think you are Ava. (laughs) (laughs) You you said that before. There are things that she does that I'm like, I would have totally thought or said that. I just love it when you can like really resonate with the character, you know. Well, and when the characters are so well done and thought through that you you can just go, oh, that's that person. That's that type of person. Yes. And in the workplace, you have those kind of people. Yeah. And it was interesting. One day we were with friends that he's a sergeant in the police force. Mm -hmm here locally and i was just like because we watch a lot of cop shows yeah. and like blue bloods which we had a blue bloods cast member on you mm-hmm. check that out um we had sid on that's right that's a little name drop yeah name drop mm-hmm. um so i asked him i'm like what's the most realistic like cop show mm-hmm. and i'm thinking he's gonna say csi or you know some of the more serious things yeah he totally said brooklyn Nine Nine, <laughs> which is uh, like a silly comedy <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, okay, I wasn't expecting this answer. Mm-hmm. So why is Brooklyn Nine-Nine the most realistic? And he said on most days in police work, it's quirky people hanging around the office doing quirky things, yeah. just like in the show. Mm-hmm. So that was a surprise to me. Yeah. And we are definitely talking quirky today. And I think all these, sh- the shows we just talked about, you've got Abbott Elementary and you've got Brooklyn Nine-Nine. They are just like the show we're going to talk about a lot today is The Office. Mm-hmm. And they have quirky characters that are done so well that you just, re- like you say, you resonate with them. Yeah. And I think that's why they're so popular is you you just, you know someone in your life that is like that. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. That's true. Because you like with The Office or with lots of shows like that, it's like you look in your family and you go, okay, if I was in The Office, what character would I be? Right. Yeah. Like that's how you know it's a good show when you're like pinpointing your family and you're making them each one of the characters. Yeah. And that's how Office is. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And yeah. today on the show, we have someone that was on The Office. Oh, yeah. But, but not only on The Office. List some of the things she's okay, done. Okay, stomp. Yes. She was also a director, a theatrical director for The Lion King. So yes. we're talking Broadway. We're right. talking on stage. Now she is doing some amazing things with Disney. And she, I can't even tell you. You're just going <laughs> to love this interview. You're going to want this interview to be six hours long. And we'll have to have her back on maybe, but we'll start now with you getting to enjoy this awesome interview with Amina Kaplan.
Thank you so much for joining Hardy Party of Five and a Half today. You, girl, you are like <laughs> peeling an onion. You have so many amazing things. How have you done so many things in your life? <laughs> uh, it's called the Avoid Waiting Tables Business Plan of Life. That's you know, it's it's not qualified to wait tables, therefore must make a career in entertainment and business plan. You definitely have done that. That's for sure. For sure. You've got so many cool things about you. As I, He was doing all the research and peeling back all the layers. And I was like, this lady has done so many things. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so we can't wait to talk about it. So let's, yeah. with like, I watched some of your videos on like the, like when you were 19, some of the movements they taught you and all that kind of stuff, but you started drumming at age 12. Yeah. So what inspired you to start drumming? You know, um, I think honestly, drumming is the only thing that I actually really do. And it's, it's so nothing really inspired me. It's a funny thing looking back on it now. I, I just sort of always have played drums. So 12 was when I learned my first rhythm on a drum set. Okay. So the inspiration for that would have probably just been seeing friends of mine playing. There was a kid down the street, Brad, that had a drum set in his garage, and he taught me how to play Bolt the Blue Sky on the drum set. And that was my first um, by U2, for those yeah. people who don't know U2. Yeah. Uh, from the 90s. I'm from the 90s. Um, and so he taught me that. But I had been drum, um, drumming and beating on things since age nine. Okay. So I always say I started beating on things around age nine because I have those early memories of beating on school desks and stuff and then um, age 12 playing drum set. So um, I would probably give it to the, Michael Jackson's Thriller record was a big inspiration for me that year. I remember very clearly that being the record that I was like, I'm a musician. I'm <laughs> the music. That's age nine. Yeah. From set age 12. Wow. So do you, yeah. did you get in trouble at school for drumming or did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh let's 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 be real about that. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, what's funny is I just over the pandemic, I reconnected with that teacher from fourth grade. because I was nine years old, fourth grade, Miss um, Holmes. And I just sent her a message and I was like, look, I probably drove you totally crazy. But I remember you had this technique for me where if I would behave in class, then you would let me listen to Michael Jackson's Thriller record. And, and you know, you're a nine-year-old kid, you have no context for any of this at all. But talking to Miss Holmes all those years later, she remembered me and she remembered as all good teachers do, they remember, you know, what they're doing with a particular mischievous little kid like I was. And she absolutely saw in me that potential as a musician, as a drummer. She said that she too had been a girl drummer. She had marched in drum corps and she saw herself in me and was like, look, I'm gonna try and keep her out of trouble, I guess. And, you know, put this towards, put these superpowers towards something good. So she totally saw it and was fostering it at a, at a young age. So I, I owe her a lot. Right. No, that's awesome because we hear a lot about zero tolerance or if somebody's acting up, you take care of it and let's not do that again. Yeah. But it's cool that she knew enough. She knew you enough to go, okay, there's something here and I got to figure out how we can make yeah. this work. How to foster it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's the case with a bunch of my teachers. I was mm -hmm. definitely a little 
scramp, like running around, just crazy <laughs> little kid, like very mischievous. But I had a couple of teachers like that. Now that you say it, you know, it's that saw in me potential over the years that that you know helped to steer me towards again using my superpowers for good as opposed to <laughs> being a juvenile delinquent. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So did you march in high school? Like I didn't no, I was in uh, the concert band. I was oh. more drum set player and was in concert band. And um, yeah. I don't I don't know if our high school, Avondale High School had a marching band. I don't I don't think that we did. We had concert band and I played for that. Yeah. You mentioned drum corps, so that's what led me to like where you marching in high school and then got into something yeah. like well, I love that stuff. I mean, I love it. And I don't really have drum corps skills. I mean, I'd like to think that I do. I can read music, you know, I can definitely follow along and, and do see what they're doing. But, um, yeah. and I, you know, I did teach for Blue Man, which is more of a marching band kind of style. But, yeah. yeah. Our, our oldest son did Carolina Crown. Okay. So, yeah. So he, yeah, we, we know all about He the was drum the trombone player. Though, yeah. He's yeah. trombone or baritone. He plays, yeah, you know, brass. Which but, is dope. Which is so awesome. were you in a band in high school? Were you in a like a rock band or a pop band? Not really. No, I didn't really have that. Like, you know, parents were like, make a band in the garage. My parents were like, what are you doing? <laughs> what is this nonsense that is happening? So I didn't really invest invest in playing. Like it was all sort of piecemeal, just me doing it, banging on stuff. Like I said, you know, the kid taught me at 12. And by the time I got to high school, I was playing drum set, but I was pretty terrible. <laughs> and um and so i just you know i didn't even really have the idea to get in a band like it was like go to school go home do your homework go to, go to school go there was no there were no detours outside of going to school um yeah. so going to the performing arts high school was my saving grace because it meant mm -hmm. i did plays and stuff after school yeah. and that's the school where i was in concert band and stuff like that okay. yeah awesome. okay yeah so then eventually you, you make your way to stomp and i have what yeah. might be a silly question but some of the videos i watched of you looked like step routines am i right yeah. okay so you did some step and then stomp is different than that though right yeah. or do you incorporate that at all or how did you yeah, they're cousins they're cousins okay. i would say that stomp borrowed like all good shows borrows from all awesome things artistic in the world and stomp is an amalgamation of lots of different cultures african brazilian afro-cuban and stepping comes from two two um cultures really i i give the the full credit to the african boot dance culture which is where really stepping came from but I also really have to give that nod to the American, you know, HBCU community like that historically black colleges and universities community, because they really did define what stepping really is. Okay. And it's a thing that happens in fraternities and in the Greek world. And so I do step a little bit. Um, but I'm much more of a drummer and a body percussionist who also steps. And so okay. I give that credit to those HBCU, those fraternity and sorority. Yeah. That's, I didn't step in college. Like I, I wasn't okay. a part of a, for a sorority or anything like that because I was too busy dropping out to do stunts. <laughs> <laughs> so then eventually, eventually you do become an original cast member of Stomp. How did you yeah. get there from not knowing how to play the drums and all these people teaching you things and all the things that you yeah. knew along the way? That's how. That's, That's it. How yeah just you people just... teach you along the way you teach yourself along the way you you learn you know you absorb any drummer that i ever ran into i would just pull him or her aside it happened to be all men but i would pull them aside and be like hey teach me something and they would and yeah. they would see potential in you and they'd say okay i'll teach wow. you something 
So by the time I got to college, I, I went to Tisch School of the Arts at um, NYU. Um, I was a drummer, at least, you know, I professed to be one. I was playing drum set and you couldn't tell me I didn't play drum set, even though I was pretty terrible. And then I got in stomp and basically, you know, a buddy of mine saw a flyer that said, we're looking for dancers who like to beat on things and drummers who like to jump around. He was like, yes. that sounds like you. Yeah. This is you. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, and just got lucky. And I was in the first American cast because it is a British show that mm -hmm. had original British cast to it. Uh -huh. But I was in the first American cast at, at 19. And just, I think I just had the right set of qualities, including being young and dumb um, that they were looking for, for that show. She's dumb and young. Let's bring her in. We can tell her anything. She'll believe us. And I did. And I was and like, just like, you know, stomper. I was like, stomp, yeah. stomp, stomp, you know? And yeah, that's so, so cool. And then that really probably just boosted your confidence. Cause that feels like up to that point, you were maybe kind of like here, there and everywhere. And this was like, this is what I am yeah. so good at. And this is my wheelhouse. So it really probably gave you a big boost. It did. Yeah. Well, um, that's a good way to think of it. It definitely, cause I was definitely sort of an oddball and a fish out of water and like, you know, where's that quirky little drummer girl going to go. She's not really a singer, which is what people often think black girls. It's like, you sing, right? I'm like, Nope, I'm a drummer. <laughs> yeah. I dance, right. And it's like, I dance a little bit, but I'm more of a choreographer. Yeah. Like, so stomp really did help me find my niche in the arts helped me understand what I thought of, you know, in terms of how to reach an audience and how to do it with spectacle and yeah. how to, you know, meet them where they're at. And it definitely is a lot of the principles about um, art and business and the business of art that, that oh. I learned in Stomp for sure. Yeah. Well, it makes me think of Julius Irving, Dr. J played for the yeah. Sixers. He said, I was reading an interview with him one time and he said, I'm fat. He said, I'm faithful, available and teachable. And that just sounds like what, like you've just been available at the right time and you've been teachable when you get that opportunity. Try to be, yeah, yeah. try to be, you try to, you know, you try to be ready is yeah. what it is, you know, and I think about, you say that, and I think about all of the opportunities that I've missed or all of the failures that I've had, you know, of course you, you think about that, but I suppose along the way somewhere I was um, pretty um, lucky and had my ears open a, enough to, um, to learn and to get some good opportunities in our business for sure. I've had some well, those failures, those failures, they're needed. You know, that's, mm. that's also pushed you along in your journey too. No question. Yeah. I remind everyone that I've failed so much more than I've succeeded. Like good grief. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you that's right. want to rattle off that resume. I tell you the failures are like, yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that list is. I think especially for younger generation, which we'll talk about in a little while, you know, it's like they need to see that they they are so bombarded with the social media that says your house should look this way. You should act this way. You should look this yeah. way. You know, like all the things it's like I didn't know what my friend's kitchen looked like unless I went to my friend's house when we first got, yeah. you know, like just needing to be real like that and say, I've had some failures and this is life and you pull yourself up and, you know, you keep pushing and here's where you can get to. Yeah, no question. I mean, I honestly, I lead with my failures, frankly. I just feel like, you know, I mean, they're so much more abundant than my successes. So, really? you know, it's like they they keep me um, having perspective. But, you know, sometimes it is it is good to to sort of enjoy one's success. It is good, uh -huh. you know, to not always be thinking about all of the ne the negative things or whatever, because it's easy for that to happen in our business. Yeah. There's so much rejection. When I was an actor, you know, there's so much of that you know, but, um, but yeah, having a sense of um, how much you've learned and where you've learned it from is 
it's good. It's important. Yeah. Okay, you mentioned Blue Man Group earlier. Yeah. So you're a drum coach. You were a drum coach for Blue Man Group. Yeah. I've seen them a couple of times now. I I love it. Like they're so quirky and odd. And so, what is like teaching? What is coaching drums for Blue Man Group like? Um, it was profound. Honestly, it was this awesome experience. So I so I can say it in a serious way, but in the joking way, I'd say you know I've met every good looking six foot tall guy in L.A. Like. <laughs> Every good looking six foot tall guy in LA has sat across from me and auditioned for Blue Man Group. And um, it was it was an awesome experience because I don't really consider myself a teacher. I love the profession, have a lot of respect for the men and women and people who do it. Um, I just um, was sort of dipping my toe in it and I enjoyed doing it for Blue Man. Um, it was very concentrated, you know, you're sitting there one on one with with this human being and they you would be surprised or maybe not surprised to to learn how much of their personal psychology came into the sessions with them. And my yeah. sister said, you know, you could make a documentary. The thing about me is I'm such an immediate person, like I don't always take a picture. I'm, I'm just like right there in the moment. And also it's a private session. So I wasn't recording those sessions or anything. But I learned so much about men, um, the human psyche, and just going, you know, people who are in a state, you know, of their career where they're going for something mm -hmm. that most of them did not get. Mm -hmm. And what do you do after that? And those were some of the biggest like takeaways that I had were just the way in which our career affects the people who are involved in it. I saw guys literally quit the business wow. after oh, yeah. and auditions. Yeah, it yeah. was that intense. And that is not to say anything negative about the Blue Man organization, because in fact, like I would say the opposite. It's one of the most positive experiences that I've had in my career. And the to become a Blue Man is just a really stringent process, you know, and they the gatekeeping is 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 vast. Yeah. And and then you when you realize why, when I realized why, I was like, got it. This is because these guys are really protecting the show. Like I call the blue men Buddha men. Because <laughs> they, yeah, they, I mean, these are some of the most well adjusted, emotionally available, emotionally evolved, present men I've ever worked with. And and blue man keeps it that way by having a pretty stringent process to get into the show and uh it's intense fulfilling hard work and wow was it fun like i really enjoy teaching um them yeah i learned a lot about men <laughs> yeah that's interesting yeah. yeah so on the flip side of that you're behind the drum set for your yeah. drum kit for like rihanna macy gray rod stewart so you talk about the teaching side so as a player how is it different as a player when you're just doing yeah. yeah oh my god it's it's totally different it's the performer versus the teacher yeah. it's you know as that teacher i mean i mean it like i am really inside of these men's psychology and you have to be very careful with them because you open them up in a way you know you unlock something like you may just the learning something new at age 29 can be difficult and so you have yeah. to be very careful Whereas when I'm a drummer, I'm there to hit it. 
I'm there to have fun. I'm there to like, to not be the one who's on, you know, I'm there to just be, (laughs) to just be loud and be told to be quiet. (laughs) And keep tone it down, tone it down. Yeah, like this is, this is what we get. (laughs) (laughs) That's what, you know, so that, so I'm just there for that. Um, yeah, I've played drum set with um, all those people. Rihanna, I did percussion for her. Oh, and okay. I did a whole bunch of percussion, like taiko and and uh, choreography for that and djembe's and all kinds of stuff. But I just want to set the record straight. For her, I played yeah. um, percussion and not drum set because they're different. So what is, Rihanna, what is Rihanna like? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. we just saw her on the Super Bowl and all that. What's she like to hang out with? And um, So with? I would never profess to say that I know this individual. Um, what I would say is that I've worked for her a few times and that um, she's been hella cool with me the times that I have worked um, with her. Yeah. And I got the sense um, from her that she was like the real deal. And by that, I mean somebody who was marching to the beat of her own drummer, that she was very mm-hmm. like, she's going to do it her own her own way, which I greatly respected because I feel like I'm very similar. I think that's probably why I got to work with her a couple of times because the vibe was right. Yeah. You know, in terms of just like that woman to woman, sister to sister, that kind of vibe, I think it was a good vibe. And so um, I, I um, enjoyed it very much. And I think she's cool. Um, she gave me a very, very good, firm handshake, which I yeah. appreciate. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, I always appreciate I thought, that. Yeah, you, you feel can the tell same thing about a handshake. Mm-hmm. You can tell a lot about a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she I gave agree. me a good firm handshake and i was like okay she's in the pocket you know, <laughs> she gave me a hug and i thought that was cool too i was like okay she's in the pocket so yeah i think she's cool and i think she deserves everything that she's she has including yeah. the fact the way that everyone worships her kind of gets out of her way yeah <laughs> I, think so that's cool. I really enjoyed her halftime show yeah that, i thought it was, it was cool. awesome i thought it was yeah. so cool let's talk about paris goble that choreographer though yeah. Paris Goble is from New Zealand. She's okay. in, she's indigenous to New Zealand. She's Samoan, and I think she's mixed with something else as well. But that's an indigenous woman who started a dance studio wow. for the local indigenous kids. So her entire dance troupe are, you know, it's probably mixed now because everybody wants to dance for Paris and, yeah. and Rihanna and Justin Bieber, whoever she's choreographing for. But that choreography, let's talk about that, that that's wow. one of a kind. And now you will see people doing that old weird yeah, right, choreography. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to become the norm because wow. don't sleep on Paris. She has been the hip hop mm-hmm. choreographer innovating for the last like 10 years and she's going to get her flowers now. Yeah. Wow. So I, I enjoyed that performance. Very that much. is so cool. I love that. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Speaking of pop culture, you play Val Johnson on The Office. I did. I mean, most popular show in my house for sure and across the world. I mean, come on. So what is... What is that like? How did you how did you get that gig? And what are some of your favorite things about work, working with them? Yeah, um, well, it's it's an awesome experience. You know, it's a privilege and a joy to get to be an actor. You know, and to yeah. get to book um, a part like that on a show like that. I confess, I did not know how popular it was when I booked it. Of course, we were in season eight, I think, when I came on, and it still had two seasons to go. Um, and so, just in 
since it's been off the air, I mean, it's just been amazing. Like the attention to the show. I mean, I've cut my hair off and everything. And <laughs> yeah, I did that um, for two reasons. One is because no one cares what a director looks like. And so I was like, right, you cut my yeah. hair. <laughs> I love your hair. Thank you. Me too. I and, love it. Yeah. And two is because I really wanted to swim. I like to swim and like having dreadlocks and swimming. Yeah, not, not a good a plan. No. Yeah. Which brings me to like one of my favorite slash not so favorite memories of being on the show, which was, I think, the Daryl Craig's character was really going for Val. They were at a party and at someone's house, I think it was at uh, Robert California's house and uh, they had <laughs> swimming and I loved to swim, just like I just said. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do a swimming scene, bet. So of course <laughs> I put my locks up on top of my head. I'm like, let's go. And they're like, no, 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 no. You have to take them down. It looks, it looks sexier that way. I'm like, what? Like no one swims with their locks down like that. right yeah i'm swimming what? yeah and so i'm in this pool and of course it was like california which is cold so they heated the pool and they had us like in this kind of dome so it was like a sauna oh, so okay. now i'm in a heated pool with my locks swimming back and oh my god oh, my goodness what like, a mess like it like and they had me going back and forth back and forth and i was like you guys are trying to kill me not <laughs> hook me up with craig's character but but yeah it was a pretty it was a pretty wild day for me i remember yeah. thinking like this is not how i wanted to make my um debut as a as a swimmer yeah. and now who's going to take care of this hair Jeez, Louise, it was crazy <laughs> like just locks just you know they fill with water yeah and suddenly you're just like you know so that's what it was i was just literally drowning with my own hair literally <laughs> and you got to squeeze them out one by one totally, i mean totally yeah. totally they, people have no idea the two-hour drying process you know so when you're doing comedy are there moments where you, like there's sometimes that you know it's funny and then sometimes you're like this isn't funny but it ends up being oh, funny yeah, yeah so I mean, what's it like like performing yeah. comedy and not getting it like it's hard because yeah want it to be funny and you want to have a sense that it is funny and when it's not you know it right away and you yeah your partner and you do your best to correct and mm -hmm. sometimes it works and sometimes it does and i can remember a couple of scenes from not just the office but just life you know just lots of shows where it doesn't work and mm -hmm. you know you do your best and sometimes you don't know what the audience is going to find funny what we think is funny in the room may not be funny to the audience once we, you know, put it out to them or whatever. The audience didn't have a studio, uh, excuse me, the office didn't have a studio audience. Yeah. So you, you know, it's hard to tell. So you, you judge it based on your expertise, you know, you've been doing it for years and years and, you know, you trust those writers because they were brilliant. Yeah. The writers on The Office were brilliant. The, the lead writer, just awesome. And so they really, really did take care of us. And you trust a lot. Yeah, you do a lot trusting yourself, trusting your scene partner and trusting the editor and trusting the writers in particular. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I have to ask a question about Craig because my our youngest son is like watching it for the third time. Okay. So what's Craig like? He just wanted to know if you're talking to Amina, what's Craig like? Did Alex put this to you after this? Yeah, time? he did. <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, um, I, and I hope these people uh, appreciate me talking about him. You know, what if, what if I was be like, ah, he's yeah. terrible. How much we, can, we could get the good stuff then. But no. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. He's a, he's a great guy, you know, um, again, I won't pr pretend to be somebody's best friend if I'm not. What I'll say is that he had a lot to do with me getting on the show because he, oh. he and I were acquainted before um i got on the show because we're both musicians 
and I was in a band that uh, Craig um, was friends with our, our rapper and our singer because we're all actors in a band. You know, that way when you get a gig, no one's mad. I booked a commercial. Good for you. Yeah. No one's mad at you for missing rehearsal. Right. So Craig was acquainted with our um, band before um, before I got on the show. So when I came in an audition, I think he was just kind of like, oh, snap, you know, so so it was good. He's lovely. He's a he's a he's a good human. That's cool. OK, so you mentioned the, we were talking about the office and how popular it is. So didn't you just do you did a reunion con is what it's called for all of the office fans that come to a convention and there's like thousands of people there. So yeah. what is it like being a part of something like that where these rabid fans like 10 years after the show's been on? I know. Are still just coming out and loving it just as much. It's wonderful and I'm grateful. How's that for an answer? Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome and I'm super grateful. Yeah, I'm stoked about you guys. Um, we all are, by the way. Like the cast, we get together and we and we just really appreciate you all very much. And we appreciate what you do for us because we are literally here to entertain you. We're servants to you, you know, to the public. And the the um the way that you all show appreciation is greatly felt by the cast members. We talk about it all the time, like every time we get together. So um, we say thank you to you. Thank you. Okay. Did you see the viral clip of rain when he was on the plane? He was sitting. Uh, Is this, he's wearing a mask and then the guy guy next to him is watching the office. Yeah. Some of these memes, they're hard to miss. Some of these, (laughs) I think there's one of me and Phyllis going around right now too. Um, but yeah, I have seen that one of rain. Here's the funny thing. I didn't even recognize him. Like I've seen that, you know, cause memes, they just come around. I saw that meme and I was like, who is that? Like with the mask on, yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're pretty incognito. He's a nice guy as well. Yeah. Oh, that's that awesome. So awesome. So on top of being a stage on stage performer, you are also the theatrical director of the two ring lion King, right? Not anymore. I have moved on. So I am now I'm full-time director with Disney. And so I was up, I still am technically, but we just found out a couple of days ago that the show that I am the direct, the director for is closing. It's the, um, star Wars galactic star. Oh yeah. 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 So I was on that project. Um, but I'm still full-time with Disney. So now I'm on, I'm just on some other projects. I'm, I'm on essence fest. Essence Festival. Yeah. You were with Lion King there for, yeah, we just went to New York not too long ago. We, we caught Lion King, Dear Evan Hansen and music man. Oh, great. (laughs) Had to go see Hugh Jackman, of course. Um, but anyways, that, as yeah, I was gonna say, no. what, what? How was the? How was the Music Man in comparison oh. to Evan Hansen? Okay. Oh, you wow. know, I love, <laughs> well, yeah, I love <laughs> them. Different. I love them both for totally different reasons. Yeah, like yeah. Music Man is like my favorite movie it. and musical, and I couldn't wow. wait to see it. Yeah, and okay. then she came up with Evan Hansen. I really didn't know anything about yeah. it, and I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah. I love this. I love the staging of it. Like mm-hmm. it was very modern, and it was just. Have I thought it was it? super cool. Did you see Evan Hansen? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and how they have the the band kind of up there. Yeah, being on the yeah. Yeah, I think it's really good. That's why I asked the comparison between Dear Evan Hansen mm-hmm. and, and Music Man because they're one is <laughs> totally, totally different. different. Yeah. It's really those. Yeah. That's like the difference in you know modern theater and sort of old school theater, and the fact that Music Man still resonates. I mm-hmm. think says a lot about the way that we've built musical theater as a as a delivery vehicle to to you really you know right. to the fans yeah. to the people. Yeah, but Dear Evan Hansen, I think is very good. It's um, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Complex themes and like, yeah, yeah I, I thought they pulled them off well. 
Yeah. I think I took you in there and you didn't really even know what it was about. I at the time yeah. I didn't. Right. You yeah. had you had been singing some of the songs yeah. from the soundtrack, but yeah. I didn't know. Right. Yeah. And then you could get me into Music Man because Hugh Jackman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're all we're all very happy for Hugh about Hugh Jackman. Like when, in the community, yeah. we're like, go Hugh. That's right. right. Yeah. Yes. I mean, what can he not do? He's uh, he's he, fantastic he's yeah. the guy he's a guy that you love to give the praise to right because he yeah. really seems to care about all the projects that he's in and it doesn't seem as though he's moonlighting it feels as though yeah. he's one of us and, and it's really yeah. fantastic yeah yeah so you mentioned the star wars um mm-hmm. so we are big disney people and so i was wondering how did you like how was that directing for for that entire gig that's so cool yeah, it's crazy. It takes a team of directors. I bet. It's, yeah, because it's just, you know, the around the clock um, aspect of it. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, incredibly fulfilling project in terms of what it accomplished, in terms of putting putting this idea out there of a two-day immersive, you know, live action role play that you get to spend the night at the yeah. hotel. So we're all very proud of it. Very sad um, that yeah. it's closing. Um, but yeah, it was, um, I, you know, I've been flirting with Disney Imagineering for years. That's kind of how I came into Disney, um, was through Disney Imagineering, like the think tank. And so I was always very, I was just very happy to get to work with them again. Um, when I got the call from Wendy Anderson, who was a creative director on the Star Wars project, she and I'd worked together for years, um, in LA her as a director, me as a choreographer and, you know, different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really fun to come in. Uh, it was ambitious and massive yeah. and heartfelt. And um, yeah, I, I do believe that we changed a lot of lives there. I saw some incredible moments that changed me as a director. I was like, that's incredible. Some of the things that I saw happen on the Star Cruiser. So if you get a chance before it closes, you really should I would yeah. love to do that. End of September, I think. Yeah, right. So within that immersive stuff, isn't that a lot of improv by the actors? Like they have to react to the mm-hmm. the guests and yeah. Yeah. No question. We have what we call scripted and unscripted moments. And mm-hmm. the scripted moments, you know, flow, but even those can be interrupted by a guest, in which case you answer them in real time and you yeah. story, you get them back on story, as we call it, you know. And, but yes, it's a lot of improv and with a very specific training and technique. So it, it's not, I mean, yes, someone can come up to you and say anything that they want, but for the most part, people are in the stories. So people yeah. aren't just coming up to you to break the game, you know, right. and say yeah. they're yeah. coming. So typically, and then also the, the actor will have a number of prompts that in this unscripted moment, like for example, you know, Sandro's gonna come out here and he's gonna write a song for Wani with guests. So he knows exactly what he's out there to do. Yeah. So he's not gonna go out there and make pancakes and he's not gonna go out there and <laughs> make a cell phone call. He's gonna yeah. go out there and he's gonna make a song with Wani or for Wani using guests. And so he's gonna be leading through that unscripted moment. So yeah. even though there is interaction, we try and quote unquote control it as as much as possible to keep the show on the yeah, keep it on task at least. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. so cool. I didn't really think about the improv that takes yeah. place that did you did you take some improv classes ever or did you Oh my gosh, tons. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. In fact I actually thought I was gonna start out at like be an improv actor. Like that was what I did in high school. I went to a great performing arts high school in Atlanta. Totally thought I was gonna be that like 
improv comedian. I mean, I was so mischievous as I'm, as I'm saying, yeah. I'm a total class clown. Like, why wouldn't I grow up? I thought I was going to be comedian Saturday Night Live. I thought that was my course until I got to Tish and they were like, no, experimental theater. And yeah. I, was like, I was like, experimental theater? Excuse me. <laughs> I'm modern and cool. And they were like, you're experimental. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and in your lane. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so what high school did you go to? Where'd you live in Atlanta? Uh, I went to, uh, I went, I lived in what's now called Brookhaven, but I lived in, in Atlanta, Northeast Atlanta is where I'm from inside the perimeter. Um, but my school was um, in a neighborhood called Avondale Estates, which is adjacent to Decatur. So oh, yeah. my school was called Avondale High School for the Performing Arts. And we had, a, I wasn't the only one that went there. Like we had, a, we had a great program. Really? Like, wonderful people that have come out of there and who have careers in film and TV. Stacey Abrams was in the class right wow. before me. Like we had people at that school who were like, yeah, you know, had their heads on and we're going to do something. In, oh, in that's cool. Yeah. I grew up just, um, I went to high school just south of Atlanta in McDonough. Okay. Stockbridge kind of down. In okay. Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. A little, little further south. Yeah. yeah than us, bit. but yeah, for sure. For sure. So when you were working on the Star Wars stuff, did you have to go to Florida? Oh, I'm in Florida now. I live in You're Orlando. Now. Okay. Yeah, so you are already in yeah, there. I'm sitting here burning up in my office. Are you? <laughs> it's super hot out there. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty mild. You know, yeah, we're, we're, in that. we're in yeah. Texas now and it's pretty mild here right now. Yeah, it's Texas. no, it's super humid here yeah. in Florida. It is crazy humid. And, I, and I'm from Atlanta and I'm like, oh my God, it's humid. <laughs> yeah, but LA is very dry. Mm -hmm. So coming, so from LA, I went to Atlanta, which was a nice little halfway point. I got my seasons. I love yeah. the climate there. And then they sent me here and I'm just like, yo, <laughs> it's crazy. It's a swamp. It's, yes. It's it like tropical. Is. Yeah, just for sure. Sweating all the time. It's a okay. swamp. <laughs> We've talked about all the things you've done. There's cr just crazy stuff. But then also you're in the Marvel universe. I so, am so, in the Marvel. Yeah, I don't know that everybody knows that you're Gamora's mother yeah. in Infinity War. Yeah. What was that experience like being on this giant movie? Which also yeah, you know, ages. Yeah. Look how young she is. Yeah. Yeah, it was like you know, it was like amazing in a couple of ways. One is that it's the biggest, the biggest show ever made. Those two films, you know, yeah. the two biggest shows ever. And you wouldn't know it if you by walking on the set in terms of the vibe, you mm. would know it by all the security and all yeah. of the NDAs that I had to sign like you got to, you know, before you audition, you sign an NDA, you get that script, you sign an NDA, yeah. reading with you signs an NDA, you send it like it is you book it, you sign an NDA, you arrive <laughs> on the set, you sign an NDA before you walk into the costume room, you sign an NDA. Oh my gosh. Wow. It's, intense yeah um, and so that part was very you know i guess like organized and managed and when you got on set the russo brothers did such a good job of making us feel like it was just chill mm -hmm. everything was totally chill it's everything's fine we got this totally under control wow. nobody was screaming the vibe was chill. everyone was like relaxed they'd walk over to you give you some direction okay it's great you know and like we just had a blast together and um i got the credit in in game because i came back and i did a bunch of the motion capture stuff um for um gamora basically oh, yeah Sabana and i are the same height same size and so um so i did a bunch of her like scenes with um 
Thanos, Josh Brolin's character. And yeah, so I got to be kind of all over that movie, Incognito, as well as a little bit of time, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. And had a blast doing it. I mean, what, 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 yeah, right. that, you know, <laughs> that it wasn't awesome. It was awesome. Like, awesome. Doing yeah. the motion capture was really fun. I felt like, ah, if I did investigate this avenue of my career more, I think I would go in this direction and that mm. I might end up wanting to be some sort of uh, director or movement coach for for motion capture and helping actors figure out like what their what how their character moves because I'm very in my body and that's my background martial arts and dance and all that kind of stuff that's how I ended up there essentially I you know I knew those casting directors from some other projects and I'm an old martial artist and so they had me I had my post staff pulled out and was doing all this <laughs> stuff and you know, ended up um, booking that um, wonderful part that I got, Gomorrah's mother. And so, yeah, it was really fun. That's so cool. That's, have yeah, you, now, have you a... seen Guardians of the Galaxy 3? I have not seen it yet. I have no. not seen it No yet, spoilers. I, spoiler. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely on my list. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I already had one foot sort of out. I booked the Avengers movies when I was in Atlanta already being uh -huh. a director. That okay. Atlanta was my transition phase from actor to director. Uh -huh. And I went to Atlanta so that I could still audition and do stuff. And so I already had one foot out of acting um, when those films came around. So I'm super grateful for uh -huh. the nugget that I that I did get. You know? Yeah. What is it that you love about directing so much? Yeah. Um, I think I can answer that question better in 20 years. Okay. <laughs> but, but the young director will say um, that I like that it allows me to pull my skill sets together, music, dance, mm -hmm. storytelling, but mm -hmm. it all gets used. My work is very spectacle based, but it's meant to deliver human stories that connect us, like that human thread, the, the tie that binds as opposed to the politics that separate, you know, I'm much more... Yeah about us as human beings and you know the things that we can all relate to and so i really like getting to tell stories from that point of view of just like um yeah just the us as human beings i i, I can't stress that enough that that i like that human thread and uh and directors get to tell those stories and um yeah and i don't know if i'll be a director forever i can see myself tending towards producers so that i can provide these opportunities for people coming up after me yeah. um, but right now i'm in the directing phase and it feels good to put up stories and to help writers put up stories and to help actors you know play characters that that are that they love that they can put their whole self into so yeah, yeah. i think that's what those characteristics make you a very well-rounded director you know mm. all of the all of the experiences that you bring to the table yeah trying yeah. to be yeah trying to be like my shows are crazy there's lots of music <laughs> dance run around flip off that run throw that thing let's go <laughs> i love it i would love to control chaos yeah that yeah. sounds so fantastic. So give us just, I know we talked a little bit about successes and failures, but to the young person that's yeah. drumming on their desk, give give some advice to that young person who might be wanting to move in a direction that you've moved in. And yeah. what would you say to them? And then I'd like to know, what would you say to their parents? You know, if their parents are just going a little crazy, like, why do you keep doing that? Why do you, you know, trying yeah. to bring them in? But sometimes that stifles that creativity. So yeah. both of those people real fast. Yeah, so to the kids, I would say, um, just be honest with yourself 
And by that, I mean, in, in every way possible, I do believe that one of the main reasons why I've had a career is that I've been honest with myself and who I am in the market and what the world I'm in is about and what it how it treats me what it means to me as a woman as a black person as, as an american as a person of my age whatever be honest with yourself as you are going into this business and parents i would say um if you have a kid who you think is crazy mm -hmm. they might be an artist <laughs> yes. yeah you know yeah if they are bouncing off the wall they might be an artist. And I think sometimes art all the time, I know it, I don't even think it, art gets a bad rap because mm -hmm. there's no money. It's a lot of times in what we do and there's a very small sort of echelon of people that make money that is changing. The mm -hmm. internet has changed that. Just look on YouTube and TikTok. Everybody has a movie studio in their pocket. I'm being interviewed <laughs> uh, by people who have created their own show. That's the entertainment industry and you guys are doing it. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we can say anymore that entertainment doesn't make money. The thing that I would like to say is that a lot of times these kids that are artists get misidentified as kids that are bad or that mm -hmm. are mischievous or have ADHD or whatever. Maybe we do have ADHD, but we're artists. Yes, and yeah. Those are superpowers in the arts and so Yes, push, push those superpowers to be used for good as opposed to tamping them down. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. those are great words. I think we yeah. have said those same words, so I yeah. really appreciate that. I think that's so smart. Well, I want to fly to Orlando and have a Ronto roaster with you in Galaxy's <laughs> Edge. Um, what a fun time that will be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm around. I'm in. Yeah, that's right. You're so fun. <laughs> so we can't thank you enough for spending time with us, girl. You, I feel like we could just talk to you for another five hours and learn so much more. So I appreciate yeah. your mind. I appreciate your talents and your abilities. And I appreciate your willingness to share those with couple of parents from Texas. <laughs> it's absolutely my pleasure. Y'all seem like my people. Y'all are Southerners. Y'all got a nice down home, easy going vibe. And I'm like, yep. I, because in my heart, I am a Southerner for sure. That's right. As much right. as I've traveled away, I'm like, yep, I'm probably a Southerner. <laughs> so it's really, it's lovely to meet you guys. And, and I hope that the podcast comes out well for you. The interview comes yeah. out. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you it was so awesome. Much, Pleasure. All right. Her last statement really got me in the feels. It's exactly so how I feel about that artistic kid. I mean, sometimes I just think we want to stifle it. And I feel like just let it fly. Just let it go. Well, I think it's also being, it's knowing the kid enough to know, like sometimes if someone's being off the wall like that, sometimes there is a problem, mm -hmm. but I don't think most of the time. Yeah. But I think when you have a, in defense of teachers, like you have a big classroom and you have one person that's constantly acting up to keep the class moving, you've got to do something with that one person. Right. Yeah. But it takes a special teacher to go, okay, I still see something in you. Like, like her teacher did, like, I'm going to figure out a way to get you through class because this isn't your favorite thing to do, <laughs> but I'm going to get you through class. And then we're going to look at what talents you do have. Right. And I just think that's important as like a teacher and as a parent mm -hmm. It's like, even when kids are going wild, maybe there's, like she said, maybe that probably that person's an artist, right? Like they think outside the box for Absolutely. sure. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree. I that really resonated with me that what she had to say, but I mean, goodness, she has so many other cool talents. And if you guys have not, you just need to go check out her Instagram. She does a lot of cool, even dance moves and rhythms on there that I think were really cool. I just watch them all day long. So I thought this interview was amazing. We guys hope you enjoyed. This well, too. I have to mention we're getting street cred from our kids because they all love the office. Oh yeah. I, like I said, Alex is on his third watching of the office on Peacock. 
So we totally have street cred as parents. So Rebecca, yeah. good job. Yeah, good job. We're winning today. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Party, party, five and a half, over and out. We'll see you next time.